Hey, this episode of the Adventist Millennial Podcast is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. What's the and more? Well, you'll have to go to their website to find out. Thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. You guys, I'm back from the brink of death. Um, this horrible, horrible illness in which I have suffered a sinus headaches, stuffy nose, um, and a little bit of a sore throat. I nearly died, and I may still die, but despite all of that, here I am, sounding sick, uh, to bring you your favorite weekly podcast. Um, (laughs) Uh, so today we're going to talk about, um, the evolution of the American ideal in pop culture, specifically sitcoms, and how that relates to what we should be doing as Christians who are inclined to create culture ourselves. Uh, so that will be interesting. (laughs) And then we are going to talk about the hierarchy of sins, because we all know that there's no such thing as a hierarchy of sins, but kind of there is. So let's see about all that after I have a long coughing fit. Okay, so, um... I want to talk about the evolution of the American ideal, um, and, and something that I noticed, interestingly enough, uh, I started thinking about this from a book that I was reading called Walkability, uh, which is random, but the things you find out when you read, uh, so read, people. Uh, this book was about the walkability of American cities and the fact that we in the United States are notorious for having un- walkable cities unless you live in a really really urban place like say for example new york city or even like san francisco um you can't really get around unless you own a car in the u.s um we not only that our city's not necessarily very walkable we tend to not have public transport anyway i don't know why i'm giving you a recap of this book that's not the point the point is in this book um the person pointed out um a shift in pop culture to reflect what we think of as ideal american life um so the example was you know 30 40 years ago sitcoms were about suburban families with the white picket fence um And the ideal in American society at that time was you would get a job, you'd start a family, you'd have a house in the suburbs, and you'd live your life like the Brady Bunch or, you know, Dr. Huxtable in the Cosby show, um, (laughs) and hopefully not become a creepy, uh, date rapist. Um, (laughs) but, but anyway, so, so the point was, uh, this was the sort of the ideal that sitcoms were modeled after and then it evolved into kind of the era of friends where it became urban living was the hip ideal thing to do it was a bunch of young 20-somethings living in new york city in very exciting urban life and the sort of older notion of living in the suburbs was kind of not not preferable And then, you know, then we came to sort of the era of New Girl, where, yes, we're still single adults and living in an urban environment, but now we're a decade older. It's the 30-something singles. (laughs) Um, And then if you do have families depicted in culture, they have to be like these intersectional families, like modern family or whatever. Um, 
where it's not just the traditional, you know, super suburban American family. It has to be some, the new whatever version of family is, according to uh, Hollywood. <laughs> so I thought this was interesting. Um, this sort of evolution of the American ideal being depicted in pop culture and whether pop culture was influencing society or society was dictating what was then reflected in pop culture um that was something i was wondering and and then you could also wonder too like is it a just this vortex of self-fulfilling prophecy where one confirms the other and it just spirals from there and then i also noticed um while the depiction of ideal characters are has changed also the level of caricature in comedy has increased so that it's become more over the top more outlandish more absurd where you have absurd things happening in andy griffith but yet still realistic versus nowadays you have something like unbreakable kimmy schmidt where it's just none of this would ever really happen or brooklyn 99 or whatever it becomes more and more um unrealistic and more and more uh absurdist really and this is another conversation we could have about the evolution of the style of comedy but really what i wanted to talk about here is um depicting american life in pop culture and how that has changed and why it's changed i'm not really sure why or or, or which came first the chicken or the egg but i was thinking that it Maybe this is an opportunity for uh, Christianity to insert itself into culture. Um, as I've said many times on this podcast, I don't think has been done successfully in any meaningful way. Um, but trying to see if you can influence uh, cultures in society through popular culture as depicted in television and uh, other types of storytelling uh so so i don't know what this would look like what do you guys think all you other creative types out there i already lectured you on how you need to be out there creating stuff but how can we as christianity which is now sort of the counterculture you know the the weird thing is we're our society has been so become so secular that if you want to you know rebel and be kind of punk you kind of have to be a little more traditional and and christian in your lifestyle in order to stand out so maybe we could use that as a way to like satirize um this upside down sort of uh uh, direction our society has gone that could be an interesting way to insert ourselves into culture and see if we can influence um people's attitudes and people's ideas and and the general sentiment in society about what what the ideal looks like through creating culture i would say probably my guess is that culture largely influences society more than society dictates culture so I'm kind of interested to see how we can take the irony that conservative social culture, which is even the most liberal of Christian cultures, is still conservative in society at large. Um, how how we could take the irony that that has now become the sort of counterculture or the punk culture, um, and make that make light of it and see see what happens. Put stuff out there that. That can put influence back 
onto society in a, in a direction that we believe coincides with our Christianity and our Adventism. Uh, I think that would be really interesting, and I have had a couple of ideas about how to do that, but obviously I'm not going to share them because I failed to follow through and actually create these things. But yeah, what do you guys think? Where do you think it's going next from from the, you know, the white picket fence suburban family to the city living single uh, adults to, to where? To now those strange sort of... Uh, stitched together families of all these different intersectional groups of people um and then where 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 is it going to go from here and can we influence that in any way by creating our own commentary on what the ideal is and and how to live that out and another question is what what actually is the ideal because we're all kind of moving um Christianity even is moving in some sort of evolution, sort of a few steps behind society. But even though we always think society has gone too far, we always end up following behind. So is there actually a line there? Um, and what, what do we think is the biblical Christian ideal? And how can we, how can we depict that in culture? Um, I'm really interested in this topic. If anybody has any uh, ideas about it or thoughts or anything, let me know. Send me an email if you have ideas about stories that we could create, if you have ideas about why this is the way it is, if you have ideas about how um, Christianity has become the counterculture of uh, uh, post-Christian society. Um, let me know what you think. Send me an email, adventistmillennial at gmail.com. I'm interested to know how you guys look at what we see t today. If you just look at any show on, on TV today compared to 20 years ago, compared to 30 years ago, compared to 50 years ago, um, how, how has that impacted the way we live our lives because of what we see, um, on TV and in pop culture? And, can we reverse engineer to to say things that we believe um, and identify with a little bit more strongly than just what we see coming out of, you know, secular Hollywood? Okay, now let's talk about um, the hierarchy of sins. <laughs> Uh, this is something that I've had comments from some of you about. The fact that while we in Adventism like to say that there's no hierarchy of sins, there kind of is. Um, we like to say uh, all sins are bad. You know, God, God um, dislikes all sins equally. Um, but actually, some are really, really bad, and some are just kind of bad. Uh, <laughs> like for example, okay, um, we like to point out the fact that oh, pride or um, gossip or whatever, all these sins that we all do, but we don't really talk about, do we really think that those are as bad as, you know, murdering someone or, um, even like stealing is probably worse than gossiping. Um, all the sins that we do, of course, are not as bad as, as the rest. Um, and, and we like to, say, and, or I've heard said oftentimes, um, that we shouldn't 
we should not create this hierarchy where some things are worse than others. Um, everything is equally bad and you should be equally ashamed if you do any of them. And whatever the sin that's in your life is, you should uh, be equally <laughs> desperate to rid yourself of it because uh, a sin is a sin is a sin and they're all um, equally offensive to God. Uh, but I think this is a problem because... Uh, <laughs> Because while we say out of one side of our mouth, we don't rank sins and sin is sin, uh, we all know that that's not true. <laughs> but why? Why do we have an unwillingness to to uh, admit that this is not true while we all live and act as if it is? Why do we still rank sins uh, even though we say we don't? Uh, uh, I think the reason is because we know intuitively that some things are worse than other things in that they are more damaging than other things. So, you know, if you <laughs> say a rude comment to someone and uh, hurt their feelings on purpose because you are wanting to be mean, that is going to cause less damage than, um, you know, burning someone's house down. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> the the idea comes i think from the the theology or the supposition that sin is only bad because it upsets god because it's really it's arbitrary some sins are arbitrary and because god doesn't like them that's why they're bad and if that's the reason why they're bad then yeah they're all basically equal because they're all offending God in some way. And that's the thing that you're doing wrong, not the actual thing that you're doing wrong. If you're able to let go of the idea that God doesn't want us to sin because it upsets him and hold more to the idea that God doesn't want us to sin because it hurts us, then there's no problem with with a, a hierarchy. Um because it doesn't make, you know, oh, I'm better than you because my sin is lower on the, or higher, somewhere different on the hierarchy than your sin. Um, this is the, the thing that I think people push back on is the idea that we then take that hierarchy and use it to compare ourselves to others and use it to, um, <laughs> to justify ourselves over others. But I think that whole, that whole paradigm is the wrong way to look at it. Uh, the cognitive dissonance that we're creating by saying all sin is equally bad because God is equally upset by all sin um, while acting out the fact that we know if I hit this guy to death with the tire iron in my car because I'm mad at him, um, that's actually worse than if I just say something snide to him and walk away. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so we're creating this cognitive dissonance by understanding the reality that yes, some sins have bigger consequences that other, than others while, um, claiming at the same time that they're all equally, they all have the same consequences in God's eyes, which is hellfire. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> it, but if you're able to understand the reason that that sin uh, is bad is because it hurts us and the reason God doesn't want us to do it is because it hurts us that that changes the entire <laughs> equation it's like telling kids that 
that it makes their parents more mad when they touch the stove than when they don't put their dishes in the sink after eating um, or in the dishwasher or whatever. The, the reason why touching the stove is worse than not putting away your dishes when you're done eating is because if you touch the stove, you've just burned yourself. If you don't put away your dishes, you've been inconsiderate to everyone else, um, which is not quite the same thing. Uh, so to tell a child that a parent is going to be more angry with them for having touched the stove doesn't make sense and we understand that because we understand that the parent wants the child to be safe and to not be hurt and also wants them to be a nice person and do their dishes as they're supposed to uh so so when we see god as um arbitrary when we see him as um uh, imposing punishments for sins not because they're harmful to us, but just because he says so, then that's when you create this weird hierarchy, but not hierarchy. Because we know in reality, some things, some sins have bigger consequences than others. And that's what makes some sins worse than others, is the consequences of those sins. Not because of God's reaction to us when we do those things. Uh, and I think that can relieve, if you're able to look at it that way, that can relieve a huge <laughs> burden. <laughs> um, and it also, in a mature attitude, uh, uh, assuages the inclination that we all have, the selfish inclination to compare ourselves to other people. Because if you realize the reason you don't want to sin is because of the damage you're doing to yourself and to other people, you're not going to go and compare yourself to to say, if you truly love other people, you're not going to say, oh, well, uh, my sin is, is not as big a consequence as yours, therefore, ha ha ha. You're going to be as worried for other people as God is because you realize what the reason is. Um, and if someone has a, a sin, a great, a sin of greater consequence in their life, it will make you worried for them, not feeling more righteous than them because they have less of God's anger over their head. So I would say to you, yes, there's a hierarchy of sins. Um, and I know that's like, ooh, oh, you know, there isn't. We, all sin is bad. All sin is equally bad. Well, no, um, that's not true. And we all know it's not true. And the only reason that we think that that's true is because uh, we, we've we misrepresented God to ourselves. Um, so so I would encourage you to, to think about your own sin and other people's sins in terms of what ways it's going to hurt you or other people and 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 also when we can realize that it makes it easier granted it's not easy because we all have fallen nature but it does make it a little bit easier to let go of those things when you when you truly realize the reason why you shouldn't do it isn't because god said so but i really want to and, and i and i enjoy it but god said i shouldn't so therefore that's why i should let it go which is an explanation that i've heard a lot in my lifetime um it's just a matter of like will over desire uh, but when you can see it as like, oh, I shouldn't do this thing because it's really making my life less enjoyable or less productive or less 
successful, more agonizing than it could be. Um, it's a little bit easier to struggle with your fallen nature to, to get rid of it. (laughs) Even though it's still extremely hard because we're all masochistic on some level. And, and sometimes it's true, it is sometimes difficult to see the consequences of sins, because sometimes they're delayed, sometimes they are affecting other people instead of us, and it's easy to be selfish, sometimes it's something that we don't think is related, um, but I, but I think it's okay to look at sin as hierarchical in the sense that the worse it is, the bigger the consequences, therefore the more God doesn't want us to do it for our interest. And it, just because there there is a hierarchy of consequences doesn't mean that we have always prioritized them correctly. <laughs> like, uh, I think some of the things that we think are really, really bad are really not that bad. And some of the things that we're like, meh, you know, this is fine, <laughs> have bigger consequences than we think they do usually. Um, so, so... Yeah, to summarize from this rambling thing, basically, yes, I think there is a hierarchy, but no, it's not because God has placed that hierarchy. It's because some things that we do to ourselves have bigger consequences than other things. And those, the size of those consequences correspond with the size of God's concern for us, not his anger at us. And also, we don't always categorize them um, properly <laughs> or place them in the proper order. Uh, so, no, we don't need to use the fact that some sins are worse than others in order to justify our righteousness over other people, because half the time... We don't even realize the consequences that we're inflicting on ourselves and other people, and we have them in the wrong order. But let's not kid ourselves in thinking that, I don't know, piercing your ear and wearing jewelry is as bad as embezzling $300,000 and spending it on cocaine and overdosing and dying. (laughs) Like, those are not comparable. (laughs) Okay, so uh, let me know what you guys think about the hierarchy of sins. Uh, do you? I know a lot of people dislike the fact that we have this contradictory attitude, um, but do you not like it because you don't actually don't like the hierarchy? Or do you not like it because of the way that we've misconstrued what the hierarchy is and misplaced our sins always at the very top of the hierarchy would the bad sins be at the top or the or the less bad sins be at the bottom anyway we place our own in the uh, in the not so bad category where while other people's are in the very bad category um Okay, so let me know what you guys think. Send me an email at adventistmillennial.gmail.com or tweet me or send me a message on Facebook or Instagram at SDA Millennial. You can also come over to the Slack space. Don't forget Adventist Millennials um, and talk about the things that you are thinking about um, and the consequences of your sins. (laughs) Okay, uh, have a great weekend and next week i'll give you a little teaser we have an amazing interview so see you back here then